What's up, Dub Nation? This is the We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast of Sports Ethos presentation. Sam Warlick here. We've got a very special episode for you guys today. With me for the very first time is special guest C Train. Hey, C Train. Sam, the man. How's it going, brother? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, what about me? Absolutely. Absolutely, I can. Excellent. Hey, thanks for taking the time to uh, hop on the pod and talk some dubs. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Really excited to talk some uh, talk some dubs with another, you know, with another fan out there. And just, uh, yeah, gosh, last night was a little frustrating, but that's okay. You know? Yeah, I think, you know, it, it's hard if you're if you're super plugged in on Twitter. It, it feels like you know, Warriors win a couple games and everyone's riding on cloud nine and predictions are like, you know, we're not losing another game for the rest of the season. We're running, we're running the league. And then, you know, one loss comes around and it's like this team, this team's cooked. They, they're Absolutely. not, they're not going anywhere. They can't take care of Denver. Like, just give up. <laughs> you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So we're gonna, Yeah. Twitter's always going to have those like those polars, right? Those like the the world is ending. Heck, sometimes you have like a good game and it's still like the world is ending. You know, it's like, no, that was OK. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Major League Two? I know there's a random shout out. OK, well, for those so, yeah. <laughs> for, for some of your fans out there who have seen Major League Two, there is a fan who keeps on. He's like the most wishy washy fan. He's played by the actor Dennis Quaid. He's like a really. A, a goofy guy or randy quaid excuse me long story short he goes with what if they win he's their biggest fan if they lose he's like their biggest critic you know what i mean i think that that's right. what we get with with twitter a lot and, it, and it's like everybody is growing right like the the warriors are just i mean i think that it is tough for us as fans to take the like to be patient and take the process of growth include including things like growing pains right like well, let's take trace jackson davis for an example like we all a lot of people want him to to get more playing time right he's, he's doing well when he's out there he's also making he also has his growing pains right like mm -hmm. there are gosh like defensively he has all the potential sometimes i think he takes a misstep here and there which is to be expected but it's it's our ability as fans to sort of take the good with the bad and hopefully we're progressing in that positive in that positive motion so that they can get the momentum right to to you know at the i'm, I'm hoping like at the least the plan right because that's where we're at right now but we're you know i know that kerr and pajenski were saying that they had a team meeting and they were talking about like the sixth seed so you know that's up to them but it's up to us as a fan base to not have the the world end if like here's an example the warriors can win the championship this year and also lose tomorrow to the wizards you know what i mean like that's, <laughs> right. that's so like the there's, way there's so many and then there's so many uh there's so many variations of that in between exactly 100 uh, exactly. and i think it and, also depends when you kind of became a warriors fan as well when was um, when were you when were you what was your right before we believe okay oh I love that. So okay. I, so I started going to games and it was like, you know, you know, 30, it was like 20 win seasons, just, you know, yeah. ticket, cheapest tickets out there getting the, the trade for David Lee was like 
the, our knight in shining armor. Like we're going to be bad, but at least now, at least now somebody wants to come play for us. Oh, because he was an all star. Right. We got but, an all star. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He, been, so yeah. he was like a double all star reserve. And we're like, he, he escalated to all star starter and whooped up. I mean, because he was David Lee, man. We got, right. we had a person who was like, hey, I don't mind go, going to Golden State. It's like, okay, done. You're our savior, like immediately. So I joined in. Gosh, I was young, but this is devastating, okay? Like, the, I think that one of the first times I, like, listened to, the, to a radio sports show, they were talking about Tom Gugliotta being traded to the Warriors. And, if, and so that's, like, early to mid-'90s, and that was, like, the complete downfall. I mean, we're talking about, like, the point guards I grew up watching were like Mookie Blaylock. Okay, good on defense. Um, but like Bimbo Coles, right? It's like, ah, Bontigo Cummings. Dang, not necessarily, not Steph, right? Definitely <laughs> not Steph. So, gosh, I was there through those years. It was like the, oh, gosh, I was even, you know what? I was even thinking about this earlier. If I was thinking about what Dub Nation would have thought about Kuminga in like 97 or 98 like before and i think that they would like cope like second coming of kobe or like in that same class right because i mean yeah, kobe sure. but uh but now it's like gosh he's just such a what do you think of i it's, it's he's such a, he's a tough one i think that he's one of the he's one of the most polarizing players on the warriors roster right now yeah kaminga i, th I think kaminga is um, a significant piece for this team right now. And he's going through what good players kind of go through, which is teams are kind of scheming against him. Um, yes. And also I think he is dealing with the consequences of no longer having Clay Thompson in the starting lineup, which is slightly less spacing. Um, 100%. And so what we're seeing is when the Warriors get stops and get out in transition, Nobody's stopping Kaminga. But in the half court set, a lot of times what's happening now is Kaminga is turning into a playmaker, which, would I, which I think is incredible to see that growth, right? He had yes. you know, eight or nine games in a row scoring 20 plus. It looked like he was just going to be a bucket. And now all of a sudden he's got, you know, several games where three, four, five, six assists and, and more yes. because guys yes. aren't hitting shots. He's He is more than capable of drive and kick and he's not turning it over. Um, in those circumstances, I think also he's not getting the benefit of the doubt uh, with the referees. You know, he he was he got 13 free throws against Denver. That was certainly nine nice. of 13, nine of 13, um, which was good. Right. But right. But there's a lot of plays, a lot of plays. He's getting contact and it feels like we get called for those fouls on the other end. And he's not he's not earned the respect of referees to consistently get the calls for the way with the, with the strength and intensity and athleticism with which with he drives to the hoop. And, and there's a lot of contact that isn't called for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that this is like the, and to go slippery slope, it, it's funny because like Shaq used to get lots of contact back in the day. And so it was really funny. Like, I don't know if you remember in those Lakers days in those formidable Lakers days, he would literally be like swearing down the court on the, uh, like going back down after a dunk because he was fouled so much. It was literally part of his game that I believe a video game put in his complaining about the, and I believe that about Jonathan Kuminga a hundred percent. And he, here's the issue with what he's, he doesn't simulate as much as those newer players. Like I, I call it simulation, like maybe flopping or like uh, embellishing, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, and I think he plays strong, 
And so it's tough to it's tough to get a whistle. Also, look, I mean, we're talking Dub Nation here. Dub Nation, I, I have to just why what Sam, why do I know the names like Merrick Kogut? Why do I know Mark Davis? Why do I I mean like it's <laughs> look, it's it's all it's all good. It's it's all good. But like, ah, it is frustrating when you look at that Steph stat, for example. Like, I think I believe he has like the most 30 point games with the fewest with the fewest free throws. Like he, he's like right. so so it's a month. It's averaging okay. 30 plus for a month and least free throws attempted. And it's been done five times in NBA history. Um, and Curry's done it all five times. Wow. Wow. So where it's like where it's like less than five free throws attempted and averaging 30 plus over a month. Okay. Can I tell you a true story here? This is no joke. I got, I got Sam. Can I, do you have time for like yeah, a go, small yeah, little story it. real quick? Yeah. Okay. C-Train's going to, you're going to, we're going to go back. So I graduated from Southern Oregon university in beautiful Ashland, Oregon. I, uh, I worked with, I was like, I was ahead of the uh, the recreation department, like the so if you were gonna play a game through the school, like rec games, that's what we did. Okay, we had a referee. I was training the refs for basketball, and we watched a Warriors game. And this is no joke. I gave everybody a whistle, and I told them to blow the whistle when they thought that there was a that there was a like out of bounds for anything. We were gonna go with the refs. I'm not even kidding. Steph gets the ball. It was a dubs game. Steph gets the ball. And it's like, tweet, 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 tweet. And nothing, though. No call. He gets the ball again. Tweet, tweet, tweet. And we measured it out. And there were like, like for every seven times that we blew the whistle, they like might have blown it once. And that is, that is a true story. That is legit. Like, I actually, t- we, in order to train, we watched a real, in order to train for just, for refing, just boys and girls, recreation, college. Yeah. I had them watch a game. And we literally blew that. Like, we, I mean, and it was indoors, so we just had to stop. Yeah. We just had to stop. And and it's all, you know, it is, it is what it is. And every player gets gets ref differently. But I just thought that was an interesting case in point. And look, we're talking. This was years ago. This is right. like years ago, and it was still going on. So, you know, it is what it was. The, I think that the Dubs have their, they, you know, they have their own battle. And like, look, I'm also. Gosh, I'm not trying to be paranoid here, but like the new CBA seems to be extremely like reactionary to the last to the like the Dubs dynasty. Yeah, like the collective bargaining agreement. Okay, my griping is now over. I'm sorry, my griping is now over. How the <laughs> how the league is formulated against the Warriors because it isn't. It isn't. I believe like, hey, if the Warriors wanted to win last night, I'm not trying to be a punk here. Like Steph could have gone for like greater than one of ten, three, four, and then like you you know you're really in that game. And that's all good. I mean, that's just like one little thing. Draymond could have had like fewer than six turnovers as well. But I digress. <laughs> no, that's that's a good that's a good um, a good little transition segue because for everyone that I see, kind of saying that Warriors have this subpar record against good teams this this season, teams with winning records. To me, that doesn't move me. That doesn't really mean anything to me because when you get to the playoffs and we're just going to leave out the play in from that, from that scenario. But when you get to the, when you get to the final 16 teams or eight teams in your, in your conference, uh, the game changes, the rotations shorten, um, the games officiated differently, the game slows down. Like it is a completely different game. And then as you get further and further along, uh, you know, four teams standing, two teams standing, uh, 
it it the game continues to change. And so this Warriors roster is really built for that. And obviously last year against the Lakers, a lot of things were exposed, um, a lot of issues. But at the end of the day, we've seen Curry, Clay, Draymond, like we've seen these guys perform at the highest level on the biggest stage against anybody at home, on the road. And so, you know, to lose a game against the reigning champs, the Denver Nuggets at home when you're in the midst of, you know, trying to continue this uh, frenetic streak of, of racking up as many wins as you can to get to the sixth seed. It's yeah, like, yep. yeah, it would have been, it would have been great to beat Denver. It would have been a statement, but that doesn't to me move the needle that like, well, you couldn't beat Denver. So that means even if you, even if you make to that five or six seed spot, it's not going to mean anything. They're not going to be able to beat the Clippers or the Nuggets or, or uh, the Thunder, or the T-Wolves uh, in the seven game series. And it's kind of like, let's cross that bridge when we get there. Right now, you just got to win games, period. And then the, play, the playoffs will be the playoffs, right? There's so many things that can change. Still got more than 25 games left to be played. Um, what was frustrating for me in that Denver game is the Warriors not managing the game better. So yeah. <laughs> the 16-point the lead in the second quarter ends up being tied at halftime. And then even worse, Denver goes on like a 10-0 run to open the third. So you basically had like a 26-point swing from midway through the second to midway through the third. Um, and Curry talked about this. You're not going to win games when you do that. But can I pour um, salt on that wound real quick? And then you yeah, can continue. Go <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pour salt on that wound real quick, real quick. Okay. And also, but the, the, the difficulty is it's like they had a halftime to make adjustments and still, and that still happens, which is a little bit, isn't that, that's a little bit like. Yeah. So I think like that's that. a good point because I don't think Kerr <laughs> in the regular season makes a lot of adjustments. Yeah, I, what, I'm like the biggest Kerr a, fan, so <laughs> and I and I am too. But I'll also, you know, I'll give I'll give credit where credits due, and I'll call things out when it when it deserves to be called out. And I know there's there's a lot of people that are like fire Steve Kerr, blah blah blah. It's like I haven't seen one person who's not in Steve Kerr's camp provide any all any other alternative for a head coaching option. Other than Steve Kerr, like who would replace him if you fire him? If you just want to fire him for the sake of firing him, like just shut up, like please. But if you're gonna be, if you're gonna say, you know, get rid of him, at least have, um, you know, a realistic replacement and an and an argument for why this replacement would be better than what than what he's done. But I know Steve Kerr said this. It's a, kind of been a broken record in these disappointing losses where he's like, we could have done better. We could, I could have done better with the with the rotations or the adjustments. Blah blah blah. But I think where the Warriors really um, kind of blow away the competition in the playoffs is these seven-game series where the Warriors do such a good job of figuring the other team out. They feel them out for a few games. The series doesn't really go their way early, maybe, but then they make the adjustments, um, and then they just take off, and, and they just run away with it. Or at least that's what they've done in the past. In the regular season especially in the last few years, it really feels like that's not happening at any level. Um, and I don't know if that's just because Kerr's like, I'm trusting my guys, I'm trusting my gut, we've been here before, let's ride it out. Um, 
but that that's kind of my sense is we're not getting a lot of in-game adjustments right you could you could name so many different examples right earlier in the season it was the game where like moody had 14 points in the fourth quarter and steve kerr pulls him out at the end of the game and then afterwards i think this was the one point loss to the kings then after the game kerr's like oh man moody had like 14 points oh geez if i had known that in retrospect i probably shouldn't pull him like it just feels like kerr has a different approach and mentality to the regular season um and it's like they are they are playing to win he is coaching them to win but he's not like so quick to to make adjustments and make changes because i i totally agree with what you're saying that the warriors during their dynasty during during kind of the height of their dynasty would just crush teams in the third quarter right didn't matter how good or how bad they played in the first half they you know little things here and there and then they would just come out and blow out the other team in the third quarter and we've totally lost that um in in the last few years even in even in the even in 22 when they won that wasn't really the case they were just decisively winning um winning games but it wasn't that kind of come out and come out in the second half with adjustments and uh and blow out the other team hey can you hear me yeah there we go. I did the fantastic muting myself. So that was good. <laughs> no that was good. good. Hey, sorry about that. Well, um, so I was going to say like uh, a testament to what you were, what you're talking about with those adjustments. It was like at the end of that Boston series, the only thing that Jalen Brown could get was something to his left. The only thing that he was like his weakness, you know what I mean? It's like the, right. the dubs funneled everything. And that's, that's what I love. I love the Warriors do what I, they used to be able to do is like, here, here's an example is like, uh, is in their formidable years. I think that part of where they're, I think that a little bit of defensive connection and just the, the ability to really just flat out get stops has been one of those issues. And it, in years past, what I would see the Warriors do is you could do something like, like get Murray, like, gosh, they would get Murray. They would blitz jo- like Joker to get uh, Jokic, to get, uh, to get the ball to Murray. And then they'd somehow funnel it off of Murray to Caldwell Pope. And then it was like the Warriors were just sort of dealing with KCP. But now it's like they don't have that, gosh, it's like the, the tip of the spear or the connection. It's, it's, the, you know, it's the personnel. It's missing Iguodala, right? Because you're spot on. They, yes. don't have, yes. they don't have the same basketball IQ across the roster that they did in years past that they could do exactly what you just said right a, a blitz somebody and then seamlessly rotate and then force the other team into the shots that they want you to take right like oh let exactly. Aaron Gordon bomb away from from three or let KCP you know try and put up 30 but exactly they could and take they- away Jokic and they could they could take away Jokic playmaking and they could take away Murray one-on-one and be like yeah. all right what else you got yeah, yeah. And now, I, may, so, now maybe we could do one of those things, but not both. Now, you want to hear my fix? You want to hear my quick Warriors fix for this year? What I mean, to mitigate yeah. some of this? Okay, this this stinks, and this this is a this is a little bit of a cop out. But like, oh my gosh, if Otto Porter Jr. somehow got bought out or whatever's going on, it's, right? I mean, like, I, I mean, he he fits defensively, man. That's the thing, and and right. he's like his versatility, and he's got like. He maybe doesn't have the quickest feet, but he's got quick hands. And and so, and then I think on offense, what I, I do think that CP3 coming back 
will help in terms of like not getting, I mean, he could at least, you know, he can at least sort of free throw, get some sort of free throw or simulate or get to the line. I mean, 26, nothing run or so that aggregate run that the nuggets put up. That's some nasty stuff. I think that, I think that CP3 can somewhat manufacture offense. Heck, I think that even a CP3 to Sarich pick and roll could have a couple of times could have gotten something, something yesterday. It's about, it's just not get, it's about not getting blanked in those, those blitzes that, that teams can do now. So. Yeah. I I think you're spot on because it wasn't just the raw numbers. It was also the eye test when you're watching the Warriors offense just go completely stagnant. It's like they had nothing going for them. Possession after possession after possession. It was literally nothing going. It wasn't like, oh man, they're generating these wide open, you know, Wiggins wide open corner three in and out. Oh yeah. You know, yep. GP two off ball. He missed the dunk. Oh man. It wasn't that it was just, they had nothing going on. Yeah, it was like, you Curry, yeah, Curry, Curry, please bail us out. Oh, Curry's yep. one of ten for three. Oh, Clay hit all those shots. Well, Clay's kind of cooling off. Oh, all right, I guess our offense is gone then. Good luck. And then they did okay. So absolutely. And to add on to that, they did like the break glass. Just give it to Kuminga and sort of clear out. Mm-hmm. And they gave it to him. And this is, a, I believe, I oh gosh, it was in the third quarter. I wish I were a little bit better at video editing because I this. Like, if you were to look at this clip, you'd be like, oh, man, I get exactly what you're saying. They gave the, the ball to Kuminga, and he was on the wing, right right on the three-point line or so. And, oh, my gosh, whoever was on him just sagged off so much. It was like that, like the extreme disrespect, like the Ben Simmons sag off. Right. And look, and I, I have no problem with uh, Kuminga, like, shooting a wide-open shot like that. But here's the thing, and this is what scares me a little bit. And he'll, he'll get over. It's fine. But I'm not even kidding. You can see him and he like just pauses for like two seconds. And it's like he's thinking and like the and that's okay. But like I don't necessarily want Kuminga to think like that as much as I want him to be like reacting and ahead of the game. It looked like like legitimately looked like they sagged off of him. And like he was he was very unclear of like what to do with the look. And I think that he just passed it off, which is perfect. And that's totally fine because you can just pass off, get in a better position. We're actually ready to shoot or like exchange. Um, But gosh, it was very, very interesting. So I think in those positions that Chris Paul will at least be decisive, whatever he does, right? Mm -hmm. Whether he goes like mid-range point guard because he's got that mid-range shimmy down, man. He'll at least be able to get that. Look, I would rather at least that's a move. (laughs) You know what I mean? At least it's like a go-to move that's been practiced. I like Chris Paul mid-range. I like Chris Paul Sarge pick and roll. I mean, Sarge has been, has been, man, he's been unplayable, honestly. And and I feel like, I feel like he just almost gets like pity minutes at this point because he isn't, he isn't hitting threes right now. Um, He isn't, he isn't driving with a lot of strength um, and intention like he was earlier in the season. He throws nice passes, but like, for every one really nice dime he throws, he turns it over five times. And then defensively, yeah. he, and then defensively, he's a cone. So it really feels like without Chris Paul, so I hate to say it, but and, and he's on a minimum deal. So at the end of the day, you can't be upset about a guy who's on a minimum minimum contract playing 10 minutes a game, if that. Yeah. He's not the difference of winning and losing games. It's it's Draymond six turnovers, it's 11 turnovers combined from Curry, Green, and Thompson. 
it's Curry going one for 10 from three, um, you know, that stagnant stretch defensively, and then just a really good Denver team, right? Yoke, oh, at, yeah. at one at one point um, late in the third, I think there was, a st- there was a stat thrown up there in the graphic, like Jokic and Murray had combined for like 77 of their 99 points, right? Oh, yeah. And it's like you go up against the reigning champs, their two best players play like the reigning champs. Meanwhile, Nobody on the Warriors really plays like 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 much of anything. Um, yeah, you're not totally, going to totally. beat a good team like that, let no, alone with it, 17 turnovers. And like one thing I think as like Warriors fans is like the, if people like sort of talk about the game like us, I think that one thing that we really have to do is give credit when when credit is due. And I think that all credit goes to the Denver Nuggets for straight up just they took it to the Warriors yesterday as well. Like it wasn't like I mean the like. The Warriors were didn't know what to do necessarily on offense because Denver was everywhere on defense. Mm-hmm. Like it, it wasn't like you know it wasn't it, so at least we can take a little bit of solace and like we were they brought it to us, which is good. And like we have to give credit. Yeah, they were by they were the better team on that night. Hey, you know what? You you said something about Sarge and you said a little bit about legs. Do you think that Kerr playing guys who probably shouldn't play like center? Uh, do, do you think that that takes a physical toll on them? Like, and I'll give you an example. Like Draymond Green has had a bad back forever. You know, that was where his calf injury from a couple years ago came back. Um, and like, I just, it's, I would, it would be tough for me. I like to play pickup ball, you know, occasionally. I coach basketball as well, but like, man, to, it takes something out of you, like uh, consistently going up against people who are bigger and taller and stronger than you. Do you, what do you think about that? Do you think that I think you, I think it's a valid point, but I don't think it really applies to Sarge because okay. I I think I think he's just not suited as a small ball five. I mean, we saw we saw, for example, like Nemanja Bialica from the twenty two season play a similar role, but have um, a lot more good games because I feel like Bielitsa is a little bit has a little bit more in his toolkit. And I think we're just seeing Sarge be a little bit more limited. Like he needs to be set up. Oh, um, we don't, okay. Oh, oh, to add to that, when he gets the ball down low, like and he even have has close to an open layup. I know I interrupted you. I apologize. Look, you're good. I, I almost would want I'm like literally like pass the ball out and yeah, re please. and re and remotion and like reconfigure yourself beyond the arc. Because literally a three-point shot, I mean he's like 38 on the year or something like that that's to me i would take my chances than than another dario miss down low at the 10 i almost feel bad for him because he doesn't necessarily have that in his it, it's tough when when like you're asked to do things that are a little bit beyond your skill set right and like right. at the at the at the professional level they are like the one goal of your opponent is to expose you for that stuff so it's not like you can hide it is so tough to hide at the pro level man those guys just they get on it, you know? So, Hey, I got one. This is a little random, you know, cause we're talking about defense. We are talking about funneling, you know, I think that if this is the, this is just the weirdest theory that I have, but I think that if the warriors can get enough people to pressure the ball that, Oh my gosh, if Pajet, like Pajenski can always sort of slide in there at the second level and take charges. I almost feel like you could make that into a game plan. Like that sounds yeah. weird, but, but it's like a, a charge is a turnover. And I believe Pajenski got like, I mean, gosh, the guys that he's a machine at that. I mean, it's an actual art. So like maybe not find some sort of defensive plan. 
But oh my gosh, you could actually, I mean, that needs to be taken into account. And I know that that's just random, but I love the fact, even if Pajenski isn't getting, even if he's maybe not as strong on the ball and oh my gosh, it's tough against the wing players because sometimes he's got it. He's mashed up against like Michael Porter Jr. That's tough when a guy can right. like, shoot over you. Um, gosh, it's like, I love his ability to slide in there and take charges. That shows so much. That is like, I mean, he's, it's like literally like, do we want to go outside? It's like, have your significant other or family member, like start up a car and like run you over two miles an hour. That's like what he's doing every game. You know what I mean? That's it's like props to him. Props. To yeah. Him and then, and then that kind of goes back to the basketball IQ, right? Are we, oh, yeah. you know, do we trust, do we trust Kaminga to make that type of play today? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, Kaminga's definitely been improving defensively, but um, I don't know to that extent. I don't think we've really seen the Warriors do kind of that seamless scramble rotation and and kind of really um, impose their will in that sense. It it ends. It tends to be a little bit more um, guys taking responsibility for their individual matchups and everyone just being solid. And then, right. and then go, go get the rebound when you force an S. I haven't 100%. seen a lot of like that Iguodala, uh, Livingston, just masterclass defensively yeah. all over the floor, know exactly what to do, where to be. Um, getting Chris Paul back, I think, helps. I think a lot of people think, you know, Paul's old and, and small and whatever, but Paul is is no cone defensively. He knows and picks his spots, right? If a guy is like going full speed, to the hoop, he's like, all right, I'm not going to beat you. But when he's able to uh, fight in the post and get position, um, and he just knows positionally where he needs to be um, and, and what the what the game plan is. So I, I think that oh. certainly helps. But on the topic of, of pods, oh, yeah. um, you know, I love what he's been doing, drawing charges. Uh, I do think it's a little bit concerning, though. His, his offense kind of comes and goes, and I think that really hurts the Warriors, especially when you put him in the starting unit. Um, there's games where, you know, he hits three or four threes and he's really aggressive driving to the basket. Um, he's got the nif- nifty finishes uh, in yep. the paint. And then there's other games where, you know, maybe he only attempts one or two shots and he doesn't score any points and he's not really a threat out there. Um, what you said is key. It, you just said a threat regardless mm-hmm. of in, like regardless of i think it's like regardless of stats anything is he a threat and right now it's like what do you think it's kind of a it's kind of questionable yeah some games yeah. some games it feels like he is and some games he isn't and it's yeah. hard to really get a pulse on is that the opposition? Is that the matchup? Is that just him being a rookie and figuring out his game? I think it's a little bit of everything, but I think with Chris Paul being out and especially even more so when GP two is out too, you just had no options, right? You're going to go with him because he doesn't make mistakes. And so you just need that type of guy. But now when you get CP three back, I'm going to be really interested to see what does Kerr do and does getting Chris Paul back change the rotations and who can play like, Moses Moody's been out of the rotation. Steve yeah. talked about that recently. Does getting Chris Paul back change that a little bit that you can maybe now put in another more pure shooter? Um, does it change the starting line? I don't know. It, it's, it's hard. I mean, you like having guys 
um, to compliment Steph, uh, Steph Curry, who aren't going to make mistakes, who make the right reads, right? He, he was incredible yes. uh, in that Phoenix Suns win. You trust him down the stretch with the ball. He knows the right plays to make. But that's very different than what we just said, which, which is, are you a threat on the floor? Are teams worried about you? Are teams leaving you open? Are they sending two defenders to you? Um, you know, in 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 screens and in uh, coverages, and that that's really hard, right? Obviously, yes. Curry yes. and Thompson have all that mm. gravity, but I don't think Pods is quite there yet. Or you know, maybe some games he is, and some games he isn't. And when he's not, where does the offense come from? Because you know, Wiggins Wiggins is a good shoot uh, three point shooter. You know, we mentioned Sarge can, but he doesn't play a lot. Yep. Uh, Clay Thompson obviously is, but he's streaky. And then that's kind of so, it, right? Moose, yeah, Moody's yeah. out of the rotation. It's like, where's the where's the spacing coming from? If Curry's yeah. not having a night where he's hitting seven threes, it's rough. It's rough out oh, yeah. there. Oh yeah. Okay. So I have a I have a possible solution, but it might. But here you got is that cool? Hear me out on this, okay? Yeah. Hear me out on this, okay. I did like a, I did a Pajenski. Gosh, I, I just love, okay. Like I'm left-handed. He's left-handed. I started in the post and he sort of started in the post in high school. If you look at Pajenski's history, like I got, I love Pajenski. I mean, this guy's a dog and I totally believe in him. This. Okay. So I did a Pajenski, like appreciation little video early, early in the year. And this is one thing that I said to have that he needed to, to do. Okay. This is it. Are you ready for this? And this is tough. Yeah, he needs, he's got it like it, it, I know that it's tough and I know that every he has to unload from range. I like he right now he's a 37 percent three point shooter. And I get it. I get it. Like sometimes he misses a little big on some of them. I believe that he is a good shooter that is improving, that could become great. And this is why. Uh, th this is just a couple things. Uh, number one, it's like the guy is is legitimately training with Steph Curry, and he has one heck of a work ethic. You can just tell. I mean, his teammates say that as well. Okay, the stats, the data and stats sort of back me up, right? He was in the 40s. I I think he was a 44% three-point shooter in college. 37 right now, not the best, but he hasn't played basketball full and been fully ingrained in it since, like, I, I believe he sort of picked it up full time in high school. So it's like if and, and then the last thing, because this is my little Pajenski appreciation again, because I seriously, I just like the guy. I gotta, yeah. you know, we, you know, we all got a like little little favorite players. So when I look and I see videos and I know that this is like, oh, my gosh, Christian, you wouldn't even have seen this or a C train. You wouldn't have seen this in uh, in regular, uh, you know, in non social media days, the guy's making full court shots. Like, like, so he has accuracy. You, you feel me? Like he is accurate as a human being at sports. And I definitely, definitely would have faith in him taking more shots. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's up to him. I like that. That's up to, but Hey, did I at least make a Sam? Did I at least make a strong case? Right. It's like, you got a little bit of the stats. I, I threw a little social media videos in there. I mean, like God, a guy who's making those types of shots has accuracy as a human being, you know what I mean? And that, that sounds weird, but it's like, I believe that with his ability and obsession now with basketball, with repeated processes can improve his shot. That is already good. I just want to see him take, take it more. Also, like, I think that a Pajenski three is like, I think it's like 3.04 points 
you know, because like <laughs> slightly like more a, than three. Yeah, absolutely. Like a Steph three, like a three consecutive Steph threes is like 20 points. It's like, oh no, it's over. You know, I'm just messing, but you know what I mean? Like, so I just, I love, I love the potential that he provides with the space. And I see, I just think that I would love for him. So my goal with Pajenski, I gave him a goal when I, when I did that video, this appreciation video, I said, shoot until your three point percentage is 35%. Shoot until it's that. And then, and then come back to me and see what's happening. Because I don't know if he can shoot enough that his three point percentage will go down that low. Cause I think that he's that good. Of a, I think he's a good shooter. I'm on board with that. Yeah, I mean, I think, I I think always... we we need we need more three point shooting. I think you know, Kamingo did have that streak where when he was at the nine the nine consecutive twenty point games, he was shooting like fifty five percent from three. But he first gets into rhythm in the paint, and then it's like wide open in the corner, feet set, you know, tail end of the shot clock. Sure, I'll take this, and he's comfortable. But you called that out earlier when when Kaminga's got it, and he's like thinking, he's like. Should I shoot it? I don't know. It's like, no, 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 too late. Don't shoot it. Pass it. Oh, yeah. Give it to um, him we an need, action. We, yeah. need more, we need more guys willing to take threes and hit them. Um, or or we need to, you know, have a have a barrage to the basket in transition and and, and get easy buckets. But trying to execute half-court offense against these top-tier teams, it it's been a losing recipe all season long. And and quite honestly, it's never been a strength of the Warriors. The Warriors have always struggled in the half court. That's why the home runs. They, yeah. That's why they went out and got Chris Paul in the offseason, totally. right? They they needed totally. somebody, right? Steve Kerr said, um, since Sean Livingston, we haven't had that reliable guard off the bench when Curry's not on the floor, who can run the offense and get in, and create good shots in the half court. Um, and so that, that's just that's just always been there. Achilles heel. Um, it's always been get stops, transition, fast paced game, easy yeah. looks. Um, they need more of that. Absolutely. I think that, I think that, you know what, just in our, like we, we've gotten, uh, we've gone off a lot about the three point game and three points. Dario Sarge, three point percentage, Brandon Pajenski's. How about hitting singles? How about hitting singles every once in a while? Right. Isn't that what Steve Kerr is always sort of preaching? Like, we don't have to go home run every time. And like, gosh, in those Warriors days, and you know, like the Bogut days, like the early dynasty days. Yep. I, I loved Bogut getting the ball in the high post and then just making a play, just somebody cutting baseline and just having those easy layups. It wasn't to me, it wasn't always like this three point barrage. It was like two easy it was like easy two easy two three three you know what i mean but it was but we i felt like the singles opened up space for those home run hits and so it's like i feel like we've got it all twisted and we're just trying to like like i mean and not to be look i love clay but i think that clay not now he's doing great but like earlier he was it's like he's trying to go for banger after banger three-pointer it's like bro get rid of the ball reposition yourself to where you're more open and then, you know, in a better position and then, and then get it back and shoot it. It was like, there was a lot of those. And I think that not like, I think clay really exemplifies like what I'm talking about. I'm not trying to pick yeah. on him, but he exemplifies the whole going for the home runs as opposed to 
the hitting those singles, you can't always exchange with haymakers, man. You got a jab every once in a while, right? That comment you meant about you want to see Pod shoot until his percentage was was 35. Clay Thompson is like, I'm gonna keep shooting until I hit 10 threes in a game. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Clay is, oh, is yeah. literally is literally out there like I can hit every shot that I, you know, I, I know I can make any shot that I'm gonna take. So I'm gonna take the hardest shots and just go for go for 10 threes every night. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But then and then it's like the thing is it's like if you're like Clay, maybe that that one over four players when there's like five players possible in the game, that was that a little ill advice? It's like, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> Clay Soft, it's like, oh gosh. I mean, he, he just, I mean, I think that if Dub Nation knows anything, Clay's sort of gonna clay. But, but have you seen a little bit of a bromance between TJD and Clay? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I, re- I really like that. I like that. Um, so TJD found him last night, I think, at least once. But, oh, my gosh, I love that. I feel like Clay, I mean, I hope that he's kind of having fun with some of these, like, second unit players, honestly. Because, like, it, though, he, he still has so much to give to, like, the world. Clay has a lot to give to basketball still, I think, you know? And it's, like, it, it's just, like, I think that he, I just want him to – this sounds weird. It's like he's a champion. He is a Hall of Famer. He's a Warriors legend. I just want him to be like okay with who he is in a way. You know what I mean? I think that he is, but like I know that he it feels like he's been going through the torture chamber with the with the like the slow start and the you know and the bench. I just hope that he can find his his like Zen spot. I don't know. I, I really I really love those players that got the dubs freaking four titles. I mean, gosh, like. I just hope that those guys, I mean, that sounds weird, but it's like, gosh, I hope that they're just having a, I hope that he's still having a good time out there. And like, I think he's trying to, I think, I think he's, he's finally figuring that out. Right. But, but it was clear and evident he wasn't earlier and it was hard yeah. for everyone. Hard for us to watch hard, hard for him. I'm sure he's oh. hard on, hard on himself, hard for the team to stomach that. Cause they want to, they want to obviously support him. Uh, yeah. And I hope Clay Thompson retires a warrior. Uh, I don't want to see him go in the offseason. I think it's just a matter of lining up the expectations with contract and number of years and role and all of that. Um, and, and I think he's doing the impossible task of of realizing that, you know, despite being a four-time champion, future Hall of Famer, Warriors legend, you know, it's time to do what this team needs in order to win. And that means you coming off the bench, then do it, right? I mean, oh, I think yeah. it's it's crazy. Like even Curry came off the bench um, the last year they won, right? Obviously the circumstances were a little bit different. Curry was coming off an injury. You had Jordan Poole starting. It didn't really matter if Curry was starting or off the bench, but it's just weird that like, feels like everyone else has done that except clay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Clay, clay yeah. was kind of like the lone guy that had never come off the bench since his rookie year is such a big deal. It's kind of like, Dude, you're you're gonna get your you're gonna get your shots whether you're starting or off the bench. And so I actually think things are gonna get easier for him with Chris Paul on the floor because I think the Warriors unfortunately don't do as good of a job finding him all the time. Like last night he had 18 points in nine minutes. Um, and then he only finished with 23. He really yeah, kind of yeah. cooled oh. off and, and the Warriors kind of went away from him a little bit as well. And he played That's, thirty. Yeah. He played thirty minutes. Um, yeah, it's not yeah. like it's not like he didn't play a lot. I feel like we don't have the 
best. I I feel like the team is maybe I, I, I do agree. I think that Chris Paul's gonna really help that because it's like Chris Paul has that IQ that it's like, no, no, when Clay is like heating up or like hot, it's like, no, feed him. Like it, it and if like Okay, if he's not open, get him open and feed him. You know what I mean? If he's, it's like, and then and then feeding him could mean getting it to TJD also, right? Like we just said, yes. it doesn't have to be Clay just taking shot after shot. But if he's feeling it and he's in rhythm and he's got the gravity, you got to continue to ride that. Um, yes, exactly what you said though. You either ride his gravity for an auxiliary player for an easy bucket, or you ride his gravity just and his belief onto whatever, however many three pointers his clay brain can think of you know because he's because right. <laughs> he still got the shot so i mean he can still like i'll always believe in clay's shot i mean gosh he's he's clay you know what i mean one of the best shooters ever so so another it's, warriors uh warriors legend i want to talk about is uh kavon looney yes I mean, oh, I, I, i've been a huge looney supporter i think his his journey has been um absolutely incredible for this warriors team all those injuries that he faced early in his career uh, and to be like the second in the league in consecutive games played is just incredible as an individual achieve- achievement for him. Um, is, yep. But it's is so bizarre. Is there a bus coming here? <laughs> it's so it. bizarre okay. because, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> last year or after the, the after they won in 22 and there was the, you know, the drama between Draymond and Poole, there was yep. a moment that I almost was like, is Draymond maybe expendable because of how good Looney has been and Looney seemingly does or is able to do a good chunk of things that Draymond did. Looney, you know, had, had like neutralized Jokic in in that series. Um, Where is that guy? Where where is he this season? Even for positional defense though, Sam, I believe that he's like the second, what probably like the second best on the team in terms of that positional defense, right? Like he doesn't have to take a lot of moves. Because he's just he's got he's got the angles right. right. He's, he's like one of those guys, and I love that because because I believe he knows like those nuances to the game. Now I believe that he is like a hard worker, but he is a smart worker as well. I believe, and gosh, I don't I don't know this. I gosh, this it's like he's twenty eight going on 50 unfortunately with his body and, and, it, and it's like we love him and that is with all due respect right it's like heck okay i'm 39 going on 90 then if he's that but whatever right but like it is a little bit true like his gosh it's just like um you know i just hope that it feels okay when Kayvon looney like move it, man I'm, I'm not even kidding and this isn't even i'm not even trying to be a punk here but like sometimes it feels like Kayvon looney like strains when he moves do you get what i mean or not really it's okay if not like gosh is he like i don't his fall off should be studied a little bit and it's like he's but he's shooting 60 percent from the field this year he's getting his rebounds yeah it, it feels like yeah it does feel like the games played has taken a toll on him but also it feels like he's he's just been playing playoff basketball this entire season like how many times is he called for offensive screens because he does a little bit of an extra bump? How many yeah. times is he called for a foul, either offensively or defensively, because he does the little hand check underneath? Yep. And those are the little things that you do in a playoff series that that win you games, right? That's how yeah. you get 22 rebounds in a pivotal game seven against the Kings. 
Yes, right? exactly. But, exactly. But it's like he's a he he's 28. He's done this so many times that it just it feels so it just is it's so perplexing to me. I just don't understand because it feels like, yeah, he's he's old man loony, right? 28 going on 50. But yeah, then also yeah. it's like he's not playing the right game because it's almost like every referee said, All right. Kavon Looney's doing this, this, and this every game. Watch for it because they are on him like a hawk. Yeah, man. They Jordan Poole's so, they did the Jordan Pool carry thing. You remember Jordan Poole right? yeah. carries like a couple years back? He's like, what? So then what it just happen? feels like what what can Looney do? He's not get yeah. he's not getting the he's not getting the plays. He's not dominating the game with like 15 rebounds, right? Like two seasons ago, he was like averaging 10 rebounds a night. It was like every yeah. other night he'd have 20 rebounds and he'd do it in 20 minutes. It would be he'd just gobble up all the boards. Um, and then, yeah, it, it just feels like it's all kind of spiraled. He's lost some confidence and continuity moving out of the starting lineup, coming off the bench, playing a diminished role. Um, so I really, I really hope that we get to the playoffs and he can kind of show dub nation. Hey guys, I've just been practicing for the playoffs all year. I'm, I'm ready to go, but it's been the drop off has just been inexplicable. Um, and it just, it just becomes hard to stomach. I mean, it's not, again, he's not playing a lot of minutes. You can't point to him and say, oh, Steve Curry, you played Kavon Looney 10 minutes. That's why we lost the game. I mean, come yeah, on, guys. But here's a, here's a question, though, and I'm not trying to. Can you point to the roster spot and, and ask, is this the best way to use it? I don't know. I mean, I know that a lot of people out there would say give those minutes to TJD, but we just talked about a little bit earlier how there's a lot of things that TJD does really well. He's still a very young player and he makes mistakes. Can I tell you um, my C train crystal ball real quick? I'm gonna tell you a C train crystal ball. And it, this is just a it. hypothetical. <laughs> I know this is super this is super messed up to say, okay? But but okay, remember just have the vision with me. And this is super messed up to say, and it's pessimistic, but just just remember this. Okay, like the, the dubs are against the Mavs in a, uh, like, you know, in a, in a playoff series, any type of playoff series, whatever. Okay. Well, TJD comes in. Luca gets the ball. Two foul on TJD. Two foul on TJD. TJD's out. You got, I mean, like, not to be a punk here, but like, I could see that happening in the playoffs because it's a different game, just like how you were saying. It's that's a different why, that's thing. Why it's, that's why TJD's not getting 30 minutes a night because Steve Kerr knows that. TJD is going to get his shot at times in a playoff series, but he's nowhere near ready. It's so hard to play center in the NBA. But like politically, he's not even ready. I, that sounds messed up. Like, has he garnered, <laughs> like, has he uh, garnered, garnered, like, garnered, right? Like enough political force and power to combat these other players. You know, I, that sounds super messed up, but it's like when you're going, like, there will never be a with, like, it, it it will always be a fine whistle if they call TJD foul on on Luca. Like it's not nobody's gonna be like, oh no, TJD never fouls or anything like that. It's just gonna be like he's teaching the rookie a lesson. And I could see that narrative, unfortunately, more than I could see the other narrative. However much I do love TJD, there is something to be said with playing a game and a sport over a prolonged period of time, right? Like. TJD in five years is going to be completely different. Yeah, it might not even take five years either. But this year, I don't think, you know, maybe maybe he comes in off the bench and he plays six minutes and scores 12 points with Clay Thompson. 
and they go to work. I mean, that that is that is 100 percent a plausible scenario. And maybe yes. there's certain ma- certain matchups not against yes. Luca. Right. Where you where you right, can play yeah. TJD <laughs> yeah, 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 no, definitely. Um, Totally. But that's the that's the problem, right? And I think that's kind of the clash is again, um, what what's Steve Kerr doing? And it really feels like he's looking to the playoffs, like we need to win these games, we need to get seeding, but also like I'm not gonna play, I'm not gonna play Moody and and uh TJD 30 minutes a night just because I already know those guys aren't gonna be in the rotation come come playoff time. So I'm gonna play the guys that that are gonna get us there. And it's uh, nothing a- and, and can can you agree with me on this, Sam? I, I, my contention is that it's nothing against those said players like TJD because I believe that Pajemski actually will. He'll have to in the playoffs play because he's like just part of the team in that. I think he'll be part of that rotation. But like my contention is that there is a very, there is a, such a few amount of young players and rookies who are even able to go into those seven game series and be just so at home and super productive. I I think that the stats would follow me on that a little bit. Yeah, that like no, I agree hundred percent. So and even just, more so, even more so for for an old head veteran coach like Steve Kerr. Exactly, exactly. A guy who go, yeah who goes with with his guys. Now the one thing that if I were to tell Steve Kerr one thing, it would be hey look, I get like I get what you're doing. I, I get your like favoritism towards the veterans. Sometimes if you can find enough youth though to ride you a little to carry you a little bit in the regular season something like what kuminga did a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago right i mean he like sort of i mean he was the front runner he was like the tip of the spear for like a week and a half two weeks and if they can use those young legs in the regular season i feel like that would be like a little like the best of both worlds right but yeah, they need to get back to that. That's a really great. That's a really great point. They need to get back to finding ways to feature Kaminga and let him cook. He needs to be. He needs to be putting up twenty points a night. I mean, it's not. We we need to avoid Curry having or being required to have a march where he needs to put up you know thirty to forty points a night for us to win these games. It. I would love to see. Curry have 20 and 10, Kaminga 20, Wiggins 15, Clay 15, like that. Let's get the scoring um up and down the roster and not 100%. just and and but that's easier said than done, obviously, right? You look at that oh, game well. in Denver, but it took them until the third quarter to force feed Kaminga. And you know, he still he still finished with with 19 points, nine of 13 um yep. from the field and and really no outside shot. That's the exactly. other thing with Kaminga. The the jumper was wet a couple weeks ago, and it hasn't been it hasn't been as silky smooth. And he's still able to just get by everybody and get to the rim and draw fouls. So I earlier talked about that how he got the ball on the wing, and like the the defender just shagged off of him, like Ben Simmons. My right. first thought, my first thought, I'm not even kidding. I think it was like Peyton Watson or something like that. My first thought, I'm not even kidding. Like Watson was like pretty much underneath the basket. I was like, nice. Kuminga can still beat you to the rim. You're, you're right. You're a foot from the rim, and he's 10 feet. He can still beat you. Go look out. You know what I mean? Like, I think that, uh, like, no, I love, when I saw those 13 free throws, that's like a tear to my eye, man. That ability is something that is, gosh, I mean, I don't remember. It was KD was the last warrior who could, like, 
get to the free throw line when things were bad. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. things were in trouble, he could manufacture buckets through like, through like, I mean, I'm not going to say like foul grifting or whatever you call it, but like a little bit, Hey, a little grift never hurt once in a while, especially. So, so I think that, uh, yeah, they definitely need to balance that out. I would love Andrew Wiggins to come to the party a little bit more. I think that he has now, he has reemerged right from like, his issues last year uh i just hope that gosh he's another one man because i believe he was like the second or third best player on that championship team i just it's like with i don't know what was going on with him i just hope that he's in a good spot it's it's funny how a couple championships will make me <laughs> change my change my thinking because it's just like it's funny how I, I legit sort of hope that these guys just hope the best for these guys you know like yeah, Wig- Wiggins is an interesting story because the games he missed last year from um, from the family issues, that's the most games he's ever missed in his career. Yes, and I just I just hope I was just like, man, I just uh, whatever went on because can, can you agree that it's like he he came back to the team, but honestly, he never really came back. Like, yeah, he lost his mojo, and then yeah. and then he lost all of his confidence, and then his outside shot wasn't there, and that impacted Ooh. his defense. Everything just unraveled for him. But I think I think he's a hundred percent back. I think he's he his shot looks good, his defense is on point, he's aggressive. Now, there's I think there's always going to be that argument of like you look, you know, most nights he's he's getting you know shot shot attempts up up in the teens and a lot of people are going to be like, why can't he get 15 shot attempts? I think he, he just isn't that dog, right? He's just not, he's just not that guy that's going to put up 20 shots night in night out. He's just going to do a little bit of everything. So as long as he's scoring like, like 15 to 17 points, I think that's the sweet spot. Hit a couple threes. Uh, You know, he had four rebounds and four assists against Denver. So I, I think he's, fully back i think some nights it would be great if they could feature him a little bit more but again then it comes down to personnel on the floor oh, yeah. uh, and, and spacing and more importantly running the sets to get him in position right like they, they used to yes. do that all the time atos andrew wiggins post up on the block go to work that was like yes. their bread and butter in the 22 year that they won it was like oh, andrew yeah. wiggins was money there so again when we get chris paul pack maybe there's a little bit more intentionality because um you know i love what quinones has been doing filling in for chris paul oh um, yeah but he, he certainly is not the floor general vis- court vision um stabilizing presence that chris paul is so oh definitely not yeah and, and it's like even you can even tell like his gosh even on the ball, it's like he can even be taken off the ball a little bit easier than CP3, right? I mean, just everything. It's like, gosh, he. it's like CP3 plays sturdier even in a way. That sounds kind of weird. Like, I mean, I love I love Quinones, right? He's, he kind of has like that fool vibe sometimes when he goes off a little bit. Like, oh, totally. He's got a, he's got a little bit of that release as well. But like, um, I just, yeah, I, I think that Quinones just – totally served his purpose one thing that really impressed me about him is that i didn't know his hands were that quick on defense you know he's his position is pretty good and he can he can hold his own but his hands are quick at least he's working right like he's he's working and i can really appreciate that and one thing and i know that we're we sort of went off of wiggins but one thing that i think that all of dub nation can appreciate if we go back i watched a couple i've watched just like random games over the year 
Andrew Wiggins has worked himself back to the spot where he has. He it didn't just it's not like he's just Andrew Wiggins and it just comes in. You can like see him. He has put in so much work, man, and so much hustle. There were a lot of times he was hustling and the plays weren't and like the you weren't necessarily seeing the results earlier in the year. But yep. man, but it's it's there. And I was like, even when it wasn't, I mean, I was I'm very excited that he just to see his resilience. And I hope that sort of dub nation can appreciate that resilience as well, because we don't know what he went through. And, and gosh, this has been, you know, it's been a year and, you know, it's been a year with, you know, with the passing of Decky as well. So it's just like a whole, you know, this is, there's more, it's just, it's like, there's, it's always more than meets the eye with, with, with sports and stuff. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. So I, I, have a lot of respect for where these guys are right now. And I think that they're in a good position to move forward. You're just, you've just been on point all night with these segues. I'm like thinking ahead and and you're already just setting me up perfectly. So looking ahead and moving forward, where do you think, where do you, where do you see the Warriors right now? Obviously um, they're back in 10th after the loss last night, uh, half a game behind the Lakers, but yep. Only four games out of fifth. It's a three-way tie right now between the Kings, Suns, and Pelicans. Um, four games, four games out of the fifth spot. Uh, you've got 26 games left to play. Um, we got a four-game road trip coming up starting tomorrow against Washington. Then you got the Knicks, yep. Raptors, Celtics. Um, where do you see the Warriors? What do you think is reasonable? Uh, where do you think you'd like to see them? come uh end of season well we've i'd like i'd love to see them right i'd love to see them out of the plane i'd love to see them out of the plane with what i have seen through this season it, it's tough for me i mean okay of course i have i have belief and i have faith we're talking about steve Kerr, curry we're talking about splash brothers draymond green like look we have i have faith in the ch- it's like okay so sam i'm torn here seriously because i have faith <laughs> I, man, I got faith in championship dna which one more time, which the Warriors have in spades. However, when I look at what has happened this year, it gives me a little bit less faith because of our lack of ability to close in those close games. And what I more mean in that is like, we were not steady with those leads, with those 15 point leads. And I think that it starts with defense, but it's, it's tough. And so you would hope that Draymond Green solidifies things. So the optimist in me says, yes, they have stated their goal. Did you see that as well, that they were talking about how to get to the sixth seed? Did you like read that in the? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. cool. Okay. So we're both sort of on the same page in order to, gosh, this is what I can't see. I, I what we can't have happen is it can't be tomorrow. Okay. We can't be losing to the Knicks or Raptors and having fit. Fitz said, well, this is, a, it would start and be complaining about a 4.30 start time. That stuff is gone, <laughs> okay? Like, we can't be complaining about a 4.30 start time when we know where when the game starts. We can't let guys like Corey Kispert, who's questionable tomorrow, well, so he can't suddenly go off, you know what I mean? Or, or somebody who's even, like, of a lesser value, because we, we know that. We know that role players tend to play like all-stars against the Dubs. So what we have to see is more consistency. And to me, where championship consistency starts is on defense. 
And at least the Warriors are giving them a chance, themselves a chance, because they have a healthy and motivated Draymond Green. So if you're going to, ah, I, I think that, so look, I, I'm long on predictions right now because I'm, I'm, it's so much of a game-by-game basis because, heck, we never know. Not like we never know what's going to happen. Injuries happen. Everything happens. But I wouldn't – it wouldn't surprise me if the Dubs somehow um, got into that sixth spot. Um, but, but, heck, if we're, if we're listening to this, Sam, if you're listening to this a week from now, okay, Dub Nation, if you're listening to this, and we didn't do well against the Raptors and Knicks, we, it's like, ah, at some point, you need to become a consistent winning basketball team. And, it, and it's got to sort of start now, right? Yeah. And, I agree. and gosh, so it's like, so if we are, so Dub Nation, if, if it's tomorrow and, and suddenly and like, and, Kuzma and Kispert are getting buckets over Pajenski with no with no defensive alterations whatsoever. So Kerr is like leaving 6-3 on 6-10 and 6-11, right? If if we're talking about, you know, like how is Denny Avdia having another career night? That stuff just simply, I get that things happen game to game, but it has to be out of the Warrior system. So if if we're listening to that type of narrative and dialogue then it's trending downwards. We need to see growth from Kuminga. We need to see the dubs get consistent on defense, which they really have the opportunity to. And I think like, oh gosh. So I know that didn't fully answer. I gave you sort of a wishy-washy. Hey, we can come back and we can revisit that as well. But I got a question. I got, who do we play a couple games ago who we pretty much shut out? It was, they like got zero points. <laughs> the Hornets. Uh, yeah. The Hornets. If we, hey, I get that the Hornets are like the Hornets, <laughs> but the Warriors did hold a professional team to like, they held them, right? It was a poor shooting performance, great defensive performance from the Warriors all around. If they can build on performances like that, repeat it against teams like the Wizards, right? So duplicate those performances against like teams against because like the hornets the wizards are sort of both bad teams this year sorry not to knock them but it's just how it is you you can have that solid performance and then really raise it up and start to play that old school identity warriors ball um but with that little variation right because kuminga's in there you got then we're starting to cook with with grease with that fire so what what do you think what do you think i want to sam yeah, so I, I had so um, coming out of the All Star break, I had twenty four and five for the um, for the last twenty nine games. So, so you're about business, then you're like, well, how I'm saying, so we can't mess around, right? So you just go two and you go two and one. You drop a tough game against the Celtics, but or sorry, against Denver, but that's for you're done playing Denver. That's it, yep. right? And this schedule, you've got you've got Celtics, you've got Milwaukee. Um, you've got a bunch of games against Dallas, a couple more against the Lakers, or one more, yeah, two more against the Lakers. So you got some good teams, but you got a lot. You play the Spurs three times, a couple Houston, more Memphis. Uh, there's a lot of win- winnable games here. The Warriors this season have avoided trap games pretty well. They just haven't. 
done a good job of winning the tough game. So yep. I think you're spot on. This four game road trip is is um, crucial for yes. setting the tone for what this team's going to do. I think had you beat Denver, I think you would have given yourselves a little bit of a buffer. Um, it is what it is. The reigning champs. So, you know, you start two and one from my projection, you know, from from my earlier prediction, 22 yep. and four. That's still doable, but I think you got to get to, you got to get to work and you can't, you can't lose against, like you just said, you can't lose to the wizards, Knicks and Raptors. So exactly yeah. three, three and one, three and one, a must on this road trip. Um, and you're just going to take it one game at a time. I don't think you have to look at the whole season and or look at the remaining 26 games and try and say, how are they going to get 22 wins? I think it's more just like little chunks. Like, okay, these are the next four games, three and one, three and one, three and one. You know, you do that enough times, you're going to find yourself sitting pretty. And then 100%. I think that there's just questions, right? Health for the Phoenix Suns, health for the Pelicans, health for the Lakers. Always going to be health um, for the Lakers. No offense to them, but it's like when you got, I mean, when you got AD, it's got that history, you know? Yeah, 100%. So teams, teams above them in the standings, like they need to be doing the same. So... Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if the war if the Warriors go out there and they go one and three on this four game road trip, yeah, it's it's not looking good, and it might be, you might be a nine or ten seed finish, and you gotta and you gotta battle through the plan, which they totally could, and then you and you find yourself matched up in the first round against any one of the top four teams right now. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Which would, which would certainly be difficult, but I think at the end of the day, um, in a seven game series, this team is historically proven that they can beat anybody obviously you want to set yourself up for success and not have to go against like denver in the first round exactly um, that certainly makes things a lot more difficult um but yeah it's a you know 22 and 4 maybe 20 and 6 is a little bit more realistic but um i think you know this four game road trip is going to certainly help set the stage i think we're all eager to see the return of chris paul oh um, yeah Point how does God. this impact minutes who you know how many minutes is chris paul going to play and who's going to close um chris paul was closing at times before getting injured and i know a lot of people didn't like that the the super small three guard lineups with with curry with curry and chris paul out there um, oh yeah the mighty mouse so mighty a lot of question marks there. but uh you know at the end of the day this they're hungry. They know the challenge. They're up for it. They're playing top 10 offense and defense on both sides. And if they're doing that, I think, I think they've more than, they've more than got a shot to, uh, to at least uh, get to five or six. A hundred percent. Absolutely. They have Steph. Curry. I mean, not to be, not to be a punk and to interrupt you for the 90th time. I apologize, but heck they got Steph Kurt. I'm not trying to be a, you know what I mean? Like, that guy counts for something <laughs> like, especially yep. when it gets, when it gets, uh, when things get, get tight and when it gets on the line, you know, he is one of the best players ever. And like, so any team with him on it will always have a shot, at least in my opinion, like legitimately, you know, cause you got, cause eventually bro, those guys got to play Steph, you know? And like, good luck <laughs> i mean like I just, <laughs> dude i get tired watching him run sometimes you know what i mean it's like geez anyways but yes i'm so stoked this is gonna be a good i'm stoked for this last little third or so of the season though it's gonna be really it's gonna be great competitive basketball the west is 
gosh, it's close. It's tight. It's tight, right? So I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm looking for knock on wood, hashtag full squad for the dubs. I can dig it. I can dig it. AC train, it's been so great having you on. Um, such great content that we got into on here. Certainly love to have you back for a little check-in maybe in a month or so and see uh, see how how it's going and how our predictions panned out. And uh, yeah, man, let's go Dubs. Got to take care uh, of business TC- tomorrow. Let's TCB take care of business. Sam, thank you so much for having me on, brother. I really appreciate it. And go Dubs. See you in about, yeah, let's, let's reconvene in about a month or so. Cheers, man. All right. Take care, my man. Okay, bye.